Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Welcome back, everybody. In this episode, I have a conversation with Terry Fail. Terry reached out to me over Rumble in the comments section and had some incredible things to say. And of course, I read those comments here on the show. And then she emailed me, and I asked that she email me, and she did, and sent me her credentials and a little bit about her past, and I knew I had to have her on. And she wanted to come on and share a great deal of information with people. Uh, she is 72 years old. She graduated from the Georgia Baptist School of Nursing in 1983. She's been the head of ICUs. She's also been a researcher, a writer, and a publisher of medical articles. And she's also been a legal analyst for nurses in hospitals as well. About 12 minutes into the conversation, she discloses her credentials herself, and you'll hear her say that, of course. But this woman is a patriot. She's on our side 100%. She is wide awake, and she has experienced much of what we have all experienced throughout this time. And she saw this coming all the way back in 2019 as to what was going to happen here, in particular, again, regarding the behaviors of those within the profession of medicine and nursing. She provides a lot of stories, a lot of experience, a lot of tips on what people can do, and she will stay in touch with me, of course. I have her information. She has mine. We email back and forth, and she will most certainly be back on I'm Positive in the future and, uh, and bring us some more information, too. But we're all in the same wavelength here, and we agree on much. So Give this a listen, ladies and gentlemen. It was an absolute honor talking to her. I'm glad to know her. So give this a listen, and I will catch you on Wednesday. I get emails from listeners, and I read them all, and I, I respond to them all. And, uh, you know, I, I got one this morning that is heartbreaking. I mean, it's, this, it's the same kinds of things that we've all experienced and are living with. It's just having to watch people not understand what's going on. <clears throat> Excuse me, yeah. and and they are, you know, they're sick, and and yeah. they're, they're sick in more than one way, clearly, and they don't know why, and they aren't asking why, and yeah. uh, <clears throat> you know, and that and that's that's a tough thing to consistently watch when we sit here and we know the answer. Well, Sean, at the very beginning of to at the at end of twenty nineteen, and I saw what was coming out. Um, with my understanding of how science works, because I used to actually write papers, um, I saw the fear porn unfolding. I just started doing my research on NIH and found, oh crap, this is what's going on. And then I saw a video from an ER, an ER intensivist in New York saying, this is not standard pneumonia, this is not viral pneumonia, I'm looking at an inflammatory process, and I'm going back and I'm going, yep, 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 it's pathogenic priming, it's been studied for almost 20 years at the, with the original SARS, okay? There's nothing novel about this, we know this. And I tried to warn my children. I've got three of them. None of them will speak to me anymore. None of them. And they're all, vac quote, vaccinated. And I'm just using that for convenience. We both know. Sure. 
um, vaccinated and boosted with the weapon. And uh, my daughter has already been testing positive serially and can't understand why she's always sick. And she says, I brainwashed her. That you did? Yeah. Yeah, it's my fault. Uh Uh-huh. It's my fault. And my son has a master's in cellular biology. And um, and the university system of North Carolina indoctrinated him. He went into his master's program as a conservative Christian, came out as a Bernie bro atheist. Wow. Um, So, of course, he hates me. And my son, who's a career firefighter down in Buncombe County, whose sheriff will not hold for ICE, um, and is in great danger, will occasionally speak to me, but for some reason, I can't speak to him on the telephone. And I'm thinking, Zuckerberg admitted to turning us over to the FBI. My attorney general wrote a letter to Zuckerberg recommending that. So I know I'm on a list, all right? They're intercepting our phone calls with my family. I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it for a minute. And they're probably listening to this one. Yeah. Um and you know, I've already lost everything once through some circumstances that I won't go into. And I have nothing left to lose. I have dangerous freedom now, I'll tell you. Likewise. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. You got it. You tell the truth and you're out of here. And that's why I wanted to speak with you. Um, Do you watch Sean of SGT Report? He had an MD, PhD, Dr. Anna, and I'll I'll just absolutely butcher her last name. No, I know. I'll I'll tell you what. I'm going to interrupt you. I I saw the episode 100%. It was very well done. Wasn't it beautiful? And it's since she presented slides of proof. Yep. And I followed her recommendation and will be ordering some EDTA. I'm very familiar with that substance because uh, it's in use in hospital laboratories in blood tubes. And what is and it? What what is that called? EDTA. What does that stand for? Oh, God, it's a mouthful, and I can't tell you. It's a chelating agent. It precipitates um, heavy metals out of the blood, much like zeolite does. But it is it is used in hospitals, and it's not safe in hospitals, okay? Um, you, all right. I had a, a bleed, right, a GI bleed uh, in 1990. And I received many transfusions. My blood calcium dropped through the floor and I was almost having seizures. So they gave me IV calcium. And it was because of the EDTA that they use in banked blood. So um, as an advanced cardiac life support instructor, I understood the pathophysiology behind that and I requested it but normal people don't know that and it's very concerning to me 
So uh, she recommended suppositories. I found a provider of those suppositories and we'll be employing them weekly, only weekly, right? You don't want to over-detox too fast. You will precipitate your mineral. Now, the thing about it is, is that, um, this is so deep, the, the, uh, this, oh, geez, the snake hole. Um, the, the glyphosate of Roundup was originally formulated to demineralize industrial vats. It removes the minerals from the plant. That's how it works. So you talk about depleted soils, bingo. And it's in the atmosphere now. It's in the water. It's falling from, it's everywhere. Yeah. Our only hope is to replenish those minerals with plant-based substances. And uh, there are a lot of deposits in Utah. There's deposits all over the world. So this is what the suppositories will do. And it should be maintained on a regular basis in addition to our nutrition. And looking at um, plant-derived minerals. She recommends uh, humic and fulvic acid. Other people don't. I don't know the science behind that. But I know I've tried them all, and my preference is for longevity. No, longevity products. And uh, they're pl- a bottle of plant-derived minerals, and I see a huge difference with them. And they're like $29 for a quart. The actual product is found on Youngevity.com, and you it it is plant derived minerals from a deposit in Utah. All right, which given enough time would probably become oil. <laughs> so, I I could read them all, but if there's a ton. Uh, it's calcium, chloride, magnesium, phosphorus, potassium, sodium, sulfur, antimony, um, even some arsenic, um, aluminum, hydrate. I mean, it's just, it's got everything, trace minerals in it in very small amounts, almost homeopathic amounts. And um, it is young, Y-O-U-N-G-E-V-E-T-Y.com. So if you use EDTA that that chelates the minerals out of the blood, you need to replace them later. Sure. All right? Give give it enough time. I think it takes like 24 hours, and then you just, uh, by that time, it's leached into the bowels and urine, and you've excreted it. Then you replace it. The EDTA in itself is not, and it is not, cheap, but I feel it's definitely worth it. That was a groundbreaking interview, and she provided absolute proof of other things that are needed, that, you know, ivermectin is fine for prevention, and I use it, but if you use too much of it, that's bad, too. Anything in excess is bad for you. You can overdose on water. Oxygen is is classified as a drug 
go ahead and provide your credentials and and your professional history regarding this subject, and then we'll get in a time machine and we'll go back in time a little bit. How's that sound? That sounds uh, very acceptable. Your terms are acceptable. <laughs> All right. Go for it. You know, I, I feel like one of those memes. Um, okay. My name is Terry Fail, F-E-H-L. Um, I am a daughter of the Revolutionary War times four that I've found so far. I've had my DNA checked, and I'm a mixture of just about everything, including Ashkenazi, but I do not bear the mark of Cain if you get understand that drift. I do. Uh, I can grow anything. So, um, I my spiritual awakening was in 
participated and took the Trauma Nurse Corps curriculum and the MICN course, the Mobile Intensive Care Nurse um, program, so that um, our county hadn't gone paramedic yet. So I was manning the radio and giving instructions to the EMTs in the field, so I would teach EMT courses and paramedic courses. And then I volunteered for our um, rural communities volunteer fire department, went to uh, a fire college, and um, was actually a firefighter and medic, uh, as were my two sons. <clears throat> so, let's see. And then uh, in the emergency department, I burned your crisp again. And then I um, was the CEO of an internet uh, advertising company. And then in 2005, I had a Widowmaker heart attack and lost a third of my myocardium. So I was recovering <clears throat> from that, had a suspicious mole removed too off my back. Um, the, the doctor who removed them said, Terry, your immune system is shot. You're going to get cancer. And he had, he didn't supply me with any means to avoid that. So in 2009, I got multiple myeloma, which is cancer of the immune system. <clears throat> um, it is caused by toxic substances and radiation. So the solution was radiation and chemotherapy. <laughs> <laughs> the, <laughs> the irony. I, you know, when I, when I read about that and talked to my oncologist and he said, don't ever take another vaccine in your life. And I'm going, uh, 10-4, I got that. So, <laughs> so, you know, we shake our heads and go on with life. And the life expectancy at that time was two and a half years. That was 2009. Um, I have had uh, seven final surgeries. I have broken titanium rods four times. Okay, Seth, and I'm doing fine. Uh, I was on every prayer list known to man, even though I was in hospice care toward the end. I graduated from hospice care. And I'm too mean to die. <laughs> so, so fast forward to 2000, you know, and I saw the handwriting on the wall. I saw the fear porn. I did my research. I alerted everyone I knew. And then I was proven right with the survival rate that came out that year. In the meantime, we withstood actual treason at the hands of our state government, and the woman who was in charge of depriving us of our rights and left about it is now the head of the CDC. So I must warn everyone, do not comply. Her dictates are unconstitutional. You stand in your rights no matter what. And you're in North Carolina, correct? I am in North Carolina. I'm in the foothills now of North Carolina, far flung from Raleigh, that snake pit. Our governor is said to be a 33rd degree Scottish right. I don't know that. 
that has been said. That has been alleged. That's it's a it's an accurate allegation, I'm sure. I will not bear false witness, and I know what these people, our attorney general and our governor, conspired with Mark Elias to change the voting laws. It was they were found culpable by a federal judge. And nothing happened. And here we are yet again in another election cycle. But nobody protested because Trump won. The Republicans won. So we're pretty swampy. But I don't understand it because we are in the Bible Belt. Truly, there's a church on every corner. I may not agree with their concepts, but they're there, there. Yes, mostly rural, mostly conservative farm family farmers. But we've got three Masonic lodges in our tiny little area. Unfortunately, my dad was a Mason. My mom was Eastern Star. So when I tell people that, and I don't, no, I am not. Um, the only association I've ever been associated with was the National Honor Society. So, um, screw them and the horse they rode in on. And, um, but that gets me an in to the fact that most of our law enforcement are Masons. Most of our politicians are. Yeah, this is, this is the order following. This is all the order following. The people not standing up and seeing us as being the same as them because they don't view us as being the same. This continues to be the problem. It's no different. It than, yeah, it's no different than the school environment looking down on parents and thinking that the oh children. Oh my gosh! Right. You know, in my child development classes, we learned about Piaget. We learned about the B.F. Skinner boxes. You know, yeah. learned about the behaviorists and their control. And then I'm in medicine, and I learn about how duplicitous the drug companies are. And when I saw them start advertising on television, I had a meltdown. I said, this is the most unethical thing I've ever seen in my life. Where are the ethics boards? Where is any honor in this country? There isn't any. And you look at the funding behind these people. All you got to do is be curious. We've got the most powerful resource known to man in the internet. It can be used for good or evil, just like anything. And uh, then they scrub it, you know, like cats covering their turds in a litter box. Yeah. But I assure you, with the advent of Q, the hard evidence is on many isolated hard drives the blockchain all right so did was that enough to drill down perfect that's perfect let me let me ask you this now if you don't mind um not a bit okay let's let's talk the nursing profession for a little while oh must i i'm i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry it, it has to happen we have to do it um, I'm sorry, I haven't had my bowel movement this morning. If I have to go to the bathroom in a hurry, please 
please forgive me. We'll, we will pause. We'll pause, and and you can do you can do your business and come right back. Thank um, you so much. You're welcome. Yes. Let me ask you this. You know, when I was yes. when I was toward the end of my teaching career, I was teaching anatomy and physiology, and many of the students that I had. They they were some of them were training to be nurses at the exact same time through the um, through, you know through the district's separate sure. program. Yeah, we had the same here. There you go, and uh, and we, we never really got into the topic of vaccinations. But one of the things that again I I started to see was is well I'll, I'll mention this too. When it did get brought up, I only brought up my personal story of of getting very ill after taking my last flu shot, which would have been something like 2007, maybe a little after that. And I, I basically, and I looked at everybody and I said, uh, I don't recommend them ever for anybody. I said, yeah. you know, if I, if a person goes from being healthy to taking a flu shot because it's quote unquote flu season, so they say. And then I'm locked up in bed for three straight days and I can't even move. I've been poisoned. You know, I, when all of this started, I thought, you know, and everybody was complaining about how sick they were. I thought, man, I have had flu so bad I couldn't raise my head. What planet do y'all live on? How protected are you? Right. How yeah. sheltered? Yep. A hundred percent. And And my... My question to you is is basically the following. Given the fact that you've worked with numerous nurses over the years, and if memory serves, you told me over email that you're a nurse consultant or you work with individuals that... Okay. As a, I was trained as a legal nurse consultant, and in doing that, you review charts and you look at the, the what was charted and what was um, actually the policy of the hospital because I used to write these policies. And you have to state your rationale for bed baths, okay? For everything, for skin checks. You have to provide the studies behind it. So this was my responsibility. Now, these were, this was pre um, digital age, so I learned to compare. Handwriting, that was very important. So a a malpractice attorney would consult me and pay me to do this work and turn in a quick and dirty report on this was the policy, this was what is charted, there is a discrepancy. And I would state the discrepancy. Well done. Now that's impossible with the digitization. And right, and certainly, of course, the money exchanging hands and how even more corrupt it is today than it was then. And oh, no doubt about it. I mean, Obamacare industrialized the the and and made it made it corporate hypocrisy out of medicine. Let, um, let me ask you then I, again. You know what are what are you what did you witness among nurses themselves? And I'm always interested in, in, uh, in, you know, basically in the behavior of individuals within the workplace also. In particular, of course, everything that's happened over the last three plus years. But what did, okay. you, what did you witness regarding the behaviors of nurses over the course of time? And then have you communicated with nurses 
over the last three years and, and what, what what's happened with them? What have they said? What have they seen? What have they done? Okay. I have a lot to say about this. I'll let you but, go. Um, I, I know that was a lot, but I'll, I'll let you go. Go for it. Nurses are trained to be completely compliant, to never question, to leave their logic at the door or they will be fired. They will be persecuted. They will be sued. Okay? So, um, my nursing program was in a faith-based hospital, and it was funded by the Southern Baptist Convention. I am not a Baptist. But it was a, it was the most sought-out program nursing program in the state of Georgia. Uh, We could write our own tickets graduating from there. So um, I was taught from the very start, your first duty is to be the patient advocate because the patient does not know what you know. We had numerous courses in pharmacology. We had to justify every medication that we gave, and we were honor-bound and legally bound to refuse a a questionable order, and I did it many times. Um, I would tell the physician, this is dangerous. If you want to, to give, if you want this person to have this, you give it. And nine times out of ten, they would back off. So <clears throat> we have to stand up for our patients. It's in our oath, that our, our nightingale oath, that we give no patient a harmful substance. So if you knowingly do this, you are complicit in a crime against humanity, and you must be judged accordingly. And I saw this play out in spades over the last three years. When it comes to conversing with nurses, I have witnessed, uh, I I have received their statement, let's say. It's second-hand information, but they work in these so-called COVID wards and watch people die because of the Fauci um, gate protocol of remdesivir that is frigging deadly. And the deprivation of oxygen when a person needs it the most. The the people who were sent home until their oxygen saturation was incompatible with life, and then they would go in, get intubated, and die on the ventilators. I worked in conjunction with an attorney and a Ph.D biochemist who was rooming back in the day with Carrie Mullis, the inventor of PCR test. And he also burned out in 1996. And he picked up the phone to Colorado State University Virology Lab and said, hey, y'all got a, y'all got a, um, a source for culture for this COVID? They said, nope, it's not anywhere in the world. And then he scored a CDC statement admitting it. 
since been scrubbed, of course. His name is public. My attorney friend's name is not. Her name, first name is Jill. She was in the risk, she was in a risk manager, management attorney for the UNC hospital system. Very enlightened, brilliant woman. We were, we tried our level best to get the law followed in North Carolina. And I told them how to sneak in. In the first few days of ventilation, you can use ivermectin, you can use zinc, and you can use it orally. And I, we all tried because people would call her in the middle of the night seeking help. She would call me in the middle of the night seeking help advice because she knows my expertise. We talked on the phone for hours. We had vetted, thoroughly vetted each other. So I told her how to sneak it in. And yeah, you can sneak it in. And it just takes a little bit. Word it under the tongue. And just do it for a few days. And save your family member and said, nobody has the balls to do it. So we're just disgusted. I, I can't tell you. But the PhD biochemist's name is David Rasnick. And he maintains a website. And he still is on the HIV AIDS Working Committee. And he is friends with Dr. Tom Cowan and, and Amanda Vollmer and all of these people who have some friggin' common sense. So, yeah, it's a scam. There's no such animal. And when they're trotting out these variants, if someone doesn't say it's a variant of what? I can't help them. There are people who have been so traumatized by, by NKUltra techniques, by the CIA media, by our own government. And I'm not going to apologize for Donald Trump's warp speed. He never wanted to make it mandatory. That's on Joe. That's on my, that's on the current CDC head. That is on everybody, Dr. Califf in the F, uh, FDA. It's a crime against humanity, and if people don't understand, and Q posted out um, U.S. Code, 18 U.S. Code 242. Yeah. And then um, there's an attorney down in Florida named Jeff Childers, who publishes a substack, who alerted us to the illegality of forced vaccination. I got my first firearm, legal firearm in 2020, because I saw the handwriting on the wall. I saw them when they rolled out the forced injections here. And I said, you will receive my lead before I will receive your needle. Because I knew it was a kill shot for both my husband and myself. And when people say masks work, I say, a hundred years of clinical studies say they don't. Well, why do they wear them in surgery? To keep garbage out of their nose and mouth and keep them from sneezing and puking in the patient's open wound. I know how to keep people safe in surgery. It was my job. 
And it's not masks, you asshole. Okay, I'll shut up now. No, please. I feel like please don't. Falling. Please don't. Uh, Keep going. I just don't want you to die. <laughs> don't, I, don't die on the phone. I'm not afraid of death. Not one instant. I have been at the bedside of so many people in the transition of graduating into eternity. I have seen uh, their actions as they speak about who is there to greet them. As this poor woman who had been in a coma for months reached up and and reached up to the other side. Her, she was blind. Her eyes flew open. The expression on her face. I had seen it over and over again. I'm not afraid. I know that my Redeemer lives, and on the earth again shall stand. It is all well with my soul. So, you know, it's good. It would just be odd if you died as we're talking, because I would have to air it, and then they'd think that, you know. <laughs> oh, it would be so ironic. Well, <laughs> I could it? at any moment, because the conductive system of my on my heart is so screwed up. I have actually gone into lethal arrhythmias and hit the floor. Oh, and it was hitting the floor that generated enough electricity to start my heart again. Well, I'll be. <laughs> hey. Hey, hell ain't half full, and the devil ain't ready for me yet. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I'll tell you what, uh, answer this too. I've had a friend of mine who is also a nurse on the show, and she, and she still is, and she's unjabbed. Uh-huh. And she's just amazing, and she's been standing up for her patients for a very long time and was, of course, fired from a nursing home here in town and then, you know, has moved around. But talk about... Honorable woman. Oh, absolutely. She is, yeah. She's an oath keeper in that sense. We took an oath, and she's keeping it. There you go. And I know that they're Good out there. Her. Yep, I know they're out there. Um, talk a little bit about about the workplace bullying that exists within the profession. You've sort of hit on it clearly, but I know that it's... Oh, yeah. Okay, well... I, I know it's remarkably high in the nursing profession. In my particular instance, I walked into my future hospital, my future place of employment. I plunked down my credentials. The director of nursing immediately offered me the job of managing their intensive care unit. Um, because, let's face it, it's impressive. And he knew it. And again, I, I just want to specify the gifts of the Spirit, one of them is healing and one of them is teaching and, um, you know, to whom much is given, much is expected, okay? So uh, the woman who had worked there for 100 years and had her eye on that job, when I got it, I immediately made a very powerful enemy unknowingly. So everything I would say to this woman would be subject to scrutiny. I could say hello, and she would take it to the director of nurses and to the administrator. And she would complain to the board of nursing, the, the bullying in that sense. And then um, the best 
male nurses in the world are gay. They have the, the um, I don't know, enough, the, the brain structure to be compassionate, to have empathy, to be a bit intuitive, right? I learned from the best. And your first year out of nursing is when you learn the reality of what's going on. And I saw jealousy. I saw jealousy. I saw hierarchy. I saw nurses that would do anything in the world to have a doctor say, well done. Like you care, okay? Yeah. So I saw an awful lot of codependency. Um, just aberrant behavior in kowtowing to authority. They yeah. don't understand their personal power and their obligation to protect the patient at all costs. My first day as head nurse in the intensive care unit, of course, you, you go to report and then the offgoing shift tells you everything you need to know about the patient in a condensed form. The nurse who was giving me reports said, oh, so-and-so is on this uh, cardiac drug at so many drops an hour. And I said, as my, per my training, okay, how is it mixed? Um, how many mics per minute is it? She said, I don't know. I said, you don't know the drug you're giving. No, I just went by the doctor's order. He's supposed to know. They stop learning. And I know you see this in your own profession. They get their grad, they get their certificate, their license, whatever. They go into the workforce and immediately they're a, the ultimate authority on everything and they won't um, learn anything new. Now, I'm not a Star Wars fan, but what Yoda said was significant. You have to unlearn what you have learned. If you can't make the quantum logical leap into understanding, you taught anatomy and physiology. When you teach physiology or anatomy, you get down to the cellular level. You get down to what the organelles do and how they function. And then you, as a nurse, you go on to learn how the drugs interact with the body functions. You take numerous courses in things like um, uh, nutrition, and you understand how important nutrition is. You know how to do a diet diary on somebody you're responsible for everything that goes in and comes out of that patient and keeping a record of it. It's called I and O. I and O. So um, your responsibility to the patient is paramount. And when you are trying to be a people pleaser, you cannot overcome that dichotomy. And it's safe to say that clearly over the last three years, we've probably seen the worst 
examples oh. or the best examples of workplace bullying, intimidation, and coercion within the, of course, entire profession than we've ever experienced. I can hook you up with Renee Rutherford. She's very vocal about this. Um, and her experience is that she was working in the hospital. She was going through school to get her Ph.D. in nursing. And she was not allowed to continue in that program without taking the shot. She was not allowed to work in the hospital without taking the shot. Even though she was skeptical, she took the shot for the good of her family. She encouraged her husband to take the shot. I've spoken to her on the phone. I'm sure she would give me permission for this because she has been very vocal about it and gone on numerous um, crusades about it, believe me. She is a member of Halt Hospital Homicide Group. And her husband, six days after getting his shot, started having difficulty breathing. The standard go home until you experience these symptoms. He experienced those symptoms, was put in the local hospital, put on CPAP, which is uh, really a tough thing. You, you know, you desaturate the minute you go off of it so he couldn't eat or drink. Then he progressed, uh, of course, without a decent treatment, effective treatment, progressed to being on a ventilator, having a tracheostomy, being tube-fed, and uh, 44 days later, and I'm not positive on the remdesivir course, I do know that he received remdesivir, undoubtedly inappropriately. And uh, she was kept from his bedside. She was excluded from his care. And as his next of kin, that is freaking illegal. What, ha huh? what happened to her husband? He died. 44 days later, he died. And he was 46 years old and very healthy. A farmer. What does she think about that? I mean, does, has she, not to be disrespectful, but has she accepted any kind of responsibility for... Too much. Too much. She's taken the entire burden upon her shoulder and her survivor's guilt has me very concerned. I got you. Well, I'll pray for her. Thank you. Her name is Renee. She lives in Wilkes County, North Carolina, and she is ready to go with me to our sheriff at the next lockdown. We are ready to roll. Good. So um, we know the duties of the sheriff and their responsibilities and their rights to protect our Constitution. So anyway, uh, okay, we've got that. Oh, my own personal experience with that. Went to the oncologist. <clears throat> I have an indwelling catheter that was inserted for chemotherapy because my veins were crap. Um, it required flushing with heparin every six weeks. I appeared at the oncologist clinic, oncology clinic, and was told by some secretary at the desk that I was not allowed to go into the building 
without a mask. I invoked my Americans with Disabilities Act and said, you are aware that I am fully disabled. You are aware that my disease process and my anemia means, and my bone marrow dysfunction means that I cannot tolerate a mask. And that, my dear, is covered in the executive order that our governor wrote. You are required to make alternate arrangements. I will go sit in the car and the nurse can come out and flush it in the car. That was not acceptable to them. So I had to have my cat that had been in there for 13 years, no, 12 years at that time, uh, removed, surgically removed. Okay. Okay. So then um, it came time for my yearly physical checkup. And uh, they would not see me in the office, but would not let me in the office unless I'd had the shot. I said to the nurse that I spoke to, I said, you've known me for 14 years and you are sitting there telling me that I have to take an experimental medical procedure to be seen in your clinic. He said, that's the policy. I said, in what universe is the policy a law? He had no answer. I said, you realize you work for a corporation. Can corporations make laws? You have a CEO. We know his name. I worked with your, um, your uh, infection control department. I attended classes here. I volunteered in this hospital. And you're telling me that you're okay with violating you, you, the, the, my constitutional rights and the Americans with Disabilities Act that has been in place for over 31 years. You're okay with that? He said it's the policy. They're parents. They, they have family obligations and they need to bring home the bacon as well. But I'm going to tell you something. They are complicit. And if they don't have the courage to do something else and they're, there's jobs available everywhere. If they don't have the, the cojones to flip burgers for a while and just step away, maintain your nursing license until this all blows over, and then go back in the hospital and get your job. As a matter of fact, my internist said if the hospital corporation requires anybody in this office or anybody in this practice to get a shot to be seen, I'm going out on my own. Now, you have to seek out ethical physicians and question them. That's pretty easy. 
do you require any, any COVID countermeasures to be seen in your office? And that includes masks, that includes shots, that includes social distancing. If the answer is yes, find somebody else. You, they, you hire them. They are your employee. Just like the hospital. You are the customer of the hospital. You have rights. Let me ask you this too then. You brought up the business of going to the sheriff potentially. Have you been or do you know anybody who has been to your sheriff's department or a neighboring sheriff's department back when these jabs were rolling out and telling them that this is a biological weapon? No. Um, I have spoken to a deputy about it. I don't know if it went all the way up the chain. However, um, I needed to get my driver's license renewed. Um, I was in hospice care in 2017 and was an honorable person and didn't drive, and I let it lapse. Well. I then took the test, blah, 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 and was uh, was legally authorized to take, to get my license. It was in March. It was cold. It was raining. Um, I am immune compromised. We were social distancing. I walk up to the officious little, uh, uh, male member at, uh, thank you, I'll do a bodice ripper here, at the, uh, at the front door. I said, he said, you can't come in without a mask. I said, thank you, I am invoking my ADA rights. Do you have an alternate method for me to get my driver's license? I am required to provide it for proof of something, okay? At that time, it was my IRS. So uh, I said, I have to comply with the law, and so do you. Was this said, in Was this in 2020? This was in 2021, okay. just as the vaccines were getting rolled out, sure. and they hadn't hit our county yet. So he said, well, if you we let you in, we have to evacuate the entire building. I uh. said, please go to your supervisor. He goes in the door, 30 seconds later, comes out and says, no. And in the meantime, everybody in line, and it was a big line, and I had an appointment, was hearing this exchange. So he thought he was shaming me, calling me uh, all kinds of names, right? And I had to turn around, and he thought do a walk of shame. Well, I went out to my car that had the placard for my disability hanging in it, left and went straight to the sheriff's department, which was just down the street. Um, he was getting ready to leave, but he saw us. He and I stopped, he graciously saw us. We went into the conference room. I presented my evidence, I made my complaint, and he, I asked him I, about the legality of force masking. He said, it's not legally enforceable. 
and he assisted me in getting an ADA complaint lodged successfully after an investigation that took too long and was out of compliance. And I have a letter that I carry around that's basically, don't mess with me. I have a MetAlert bracelet that says, no CPR, no countermeasures. I have it in my advanced directives that are filed and with the, uh, the, the county, county clerk, and I carry it with me everywhere. And I have it in my medical records that the one ingredient that we know are in these shots is polyethylene glycol. So, polyethylene glycol is Miralax. I tell them, and this, they don't have to confirm it at all, that the last time I took Miralax for constipation, I broke out in hives and, and had to use an EpiPen. That's puts the fear of Jesus in them, believe me. Yeah. That's entered in my medical records, and it's premeditated murder if they give me something with it in it, and it's in everything. So I just plainly put, no COVID countermeasures at all, or you will be held to account by my heirs. Is this extends beyond tort law, beyond civil law. This extends into criminal uh, coercion. Yeah. Millions of dollars in fines and up to 99 years in prison. If you've listened to my show, you know that I've hit on this numerous times. Oh, I faithfully listen to your show, Sean. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. The the, the the business of nurses striking over this entire time, you would think that that occurring and that nurses standing on the sides of roads holding up signs that say, don't take the shots, we've refused to take the shots, that's why we're on strike, so on and so forth. You would think that at face value, that would cause someone to say to themselves, wait a minute. These are nurses in the nursing profession, and they don't want to take it. I mean, you, 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 okay. would, you would think that would wake people up. This information is, of course, suppressed. This information cannot be shared on social media. And you, are, of course, Alinsky tactics are used against you. North Carolina is a right-to-work state. And it is our corporations and hospitals of corporations. Tyson, there's a big Tyson plant in my in my in my local town. These people were required, coerced, they're under duress to take the shots. There have been um, class action lawsuits filed, and nothing has been done. There was a speedway in in. Um, and a, local, a neighboring county uh, sued our Department of Health because of they were deprived of their ability to hold a race. And North Carolina has an unusual stipulation in the Constitution that 
it's even stricter than the federal, that we have the right to, to enjoy the fruits of our labor. Okay? So they took them to, the whole department to court on this. They keep losing, the department keeps losing because it's unconstitutional. They have thousands of people at a race, called it a far-right conspiracy theory super spreader event. Nobody got sick. No social distancing, no masks required, and this was in 2020. So the courts have been very slow to respond. We had to get a supermajority in this state to get anything done, and we did it in 2022. What have you seen regarding or heard regarding the high turnover rate among nurses and the number, oh. the number of staff members that they have within their building? Yes, chronic. And as a matter of fact, I uh, spoke to a, a nurse who had worked there and got out, right? That people, they're so stressed, so overworked that they just don't care anymore going through the motion and they are just they're, they're chronic. there's always been a chronic nursing shortage of competent nurses right and it's just made even worse because so many are turning their backs on the profession for good reason and I see ads for traveling nurses that make more in a week than I did in a month with my qualifications, and I'm shaking my head about this, and and the nurses are prostituting themselves for the almighty dollar to do it. So yeah, it is the destruction of the medical system that we're witnessing, and uh, we're seeing hospital closures here. We're seeing unit closures here. Um, the psychiatric arm. We've got children, literally prisoner in emergency departments, waiting for facility beds because behavioral units are, are closing because everybody's gone nuts. Now, this is so interesting. My alma mater, Georgia State University, last year published an article about a study they did. And it was with hamsters who, in mating season, the males get very aggressive and they kill other males. Typical. So um, they used CRISPR-Cas9, the very same process that the mRNA shots are made out of. They thought, oh, this is a great idea. So they altered these uh, these hamsters with CRISPR-Cas9. That generation became so aggressive, they had to euthanize them all because they were slaughtering everything in sight. And I'm going, and you people think it's a marvelous idea to promote these drugs. Oh, brilliant. Just frigging brilliant. It's modified RNA, not messenger RNA. If you can't get that through your damn skulls, 
if you can't understand it's a it's a crime against humanity perpetrated by known Marxists like Tedros, who is known to be a, a Marxist. I, what can I say? The one percent that want to control everything. The fourth industrial revolution. Books are written about this, for goodness sake. Why don't people pick up a book and read it out of their damn mouth? Or watch the proceedings on the TV? What about sick nurses and sick doctors? What are you hearing? What are you hearing regarding them? Because what I've heard, of course, is that one of the reasons for the staff shortages is because the sickest people in those environments are the people who work in them as a result of the shots and the shedding and all of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have experienced shedding myself after a medical encounter because I'm still in the medical system due to my health problems. And, of course, we're very loving and caring and huggy <laughs> with, with our providers because they, they do a great job. And so I came home from the doctor's office, and the next day I started vaginally bleeding, which is an impossibility. It's an, I don't have the plumbing. It's an impossibility. At that point, I knew it was a shedding event. And I pulled out all the stops and stopped it. One of the uh, methods that I employ is administration of chlorine dioxide. I have Dr. Kalker's book on the protocol. And uh, I even had an embedded deer tick that did not result in Lyme. So, you know, I use everything that I know to use. And it, it works. Can you do me a favor and email me that uh, that book? I may have the same one if it's the one that I'm thinking of, but um, it's called Forbidden Cures. That's it. Okay. Yeah, then you've got it. It's got a picture of Andreas holding a a vial, a beaker, or something. There you go. Yep. That's him. That's him, and it's so easy to use and so easy to make, and I. I, there's even a, there are even stabilized versions that don't smell like a swimming pool. I give it to my animals. <laughs> yep. I mean, the, the, if you understand chemistry, which obviously you do, teaching physiology, um, you understand electron donors and oxidants and the Krebs cycle. And... You know when to terminate it with antioxidant. You need to superoxidize things and then antioxidize things. It's an interesting dance that you have to play physiologically, but it's intensely doable. So you certainly have heard and witnessed the fact that there are numerous sick doctors and, uh, and sick nurses as a result of these shots. Okay, yes, yes. As a matter of fact, uh, Tom is a veteran, <clears throat> maybe, and his VA doc was pressuring him to take the shots, and he said, oh, I think we should do Pfizer, because he said, I got it, COVID, and I've never been so sick in my life, and 
you know, we're seeing it in the clinic and we're really worried about everybody. And, you know, we've got to protect ourselves. And Tom said, no. And I got on the phone and I said, Dr. B, you know my history. You know I can handle the research. No, please, allow us that opportunity and that right. So he backed off immediately. Then after the Afghanistan debacle, he called us that night because we're friends. And we've got his home phone number. And he said, I am so worried. He said, one of the nurses I worked with volunteered at the hospital in Kabul. He said, we've not heard or seen her since. We have no idea. He was crying on the phone. I see exactly what is going on. And I understand the suicide rate among people that have literally lost their ability to cope. Um, I have heard the stories and seen the results firsthand of people that have literally lost their minds behind masks, behind black masks that do no good. They have gone from the brain, they're brain damaged from hypercapnia. And then that was in 2020. Then you go on, not even hypoxia, it goes into hypoxia. I witnessed it in a, waiting for a, a lab tech with a woman with COPD literally turned blue in front of my eyes. I said, I marched up to the desk and I said, look at her. I said, you will write out an incident report immediately. This requires an internal investigation. It went nowhere. I have demanded and screamed and hollered until I'm blue in the face. It goes nowhere because people have been thoroughly mind-controlled and fear-porned out of their skulls. You can't, uh, uh, you, okay, you can't allow Junior access to hug his grandmother because he's going to kill Granny. Bullshit. We knew this from the very beginning, and uh, it, it, some people, it has helped. But I think Q's prediction of 3 to 6% lost is underestimating it vastly. I think billions, I think millions have died. Millions have died at the hands of this. Yeah, I've seen I've seen I've seen numbers upwards of 200 million from the shots alone and I think that's low and that's not even taking into account the collateral damage or what we might just you know as, passive vaccination. That's that's right. Yep. Yeah. Nobody escapes this. That's why I was so interested to hear what Dr. Anna had to say and to see those slides and I'm Sure, I you know your show isn't visual, but if you if you would recommend that show to your listeners and to the people that that go on your website, that you that you can and still have some common sense, I think that would be probably the best thing ever. Well, I'll tell you what. In Friday's episode, I make mention of it toward toward the end, and I play a piece of audio from it because. As God you, bless you, yeah, Sean. As you, as you heard her say, 
she openly says, I don't think that there are placebos. Now, what we know, and as you've heard me say, I don't think there's placebos either, but if there were, they were the quote-unquote elites that got them, and that's assuming that they even got them. So you, you, Oh, we've all seen that. I know that there are retractable needles. We right. use them in training. Right. I, yeah, there are retractable needles. Yes, there's, if somebody, if you don't see the bottle that it comes from, and that bottle hasn't been handled correctly, and at the beginning it had to be 70 degrees below Fahrenheit or Celsius or something, they had to be super frozen. Otherwise, the protein was, was denatured and deactivated. So could that be in a, a, quote, placebo? Yeah, if it wasn't handled correctly, if it was warm, right? you, but, you received an inactive, deactivated substance. Praise God, you were protected. But every other damn shot that you take, you don't. There's no quality control. You don't know what's in that damn thing. And even in the bottles, you don't know what's in the damn thing. And I know that BioNTech, Pfizer only distributes this shit. Uh, excuse my French, I cuss a little. So do I, go for uh, it, let her rip. Married to a sailor, and I cuss like one. Well, I was never a sailor, and I do, so. <laughs> I know, right? And yeah, I'm a Christian, and yeah, you know, uh, anyway, he forgives me. Well, our, 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 tongue, our tongue can be a sword also. So people yeah, need to keep yeah, that in mind. Right? That's right. He, when he comes back, it's with the rod of iron, you know? There you go. So anyway, and we're his messengers here on Earth. So go for it. Now where the hell was I? So we know there can be ways of deception. But like Dr. M- Dr. Mikovitz, who is on Team Virus, I am not. I'm on Team Terrain. I'm not on Team Germ. Um, Likewise. Yeah. Well, yeah. And so, so are the enlightened people I know, like the attorney and the biophysicist, biochemist. So, um, <clears throat> I, there are many doctors that I think need to shut up. Yeah. They're on Team Virus, they need to shut up. This business of placebos, again, I, I think that they, as I say on Friday's show, that, and I've of course said it before, that the multi shot regiment is something that's never occurred, which would bypass the existence of a placebo if one even existed. And like I said, if it exists, it's only. It's only the fake people, you know, well, not the fake people, but it's the people at the at the upper positions that we're seeing on TV, like the yeah. Rochelle Walensky's of the world, if she's looking at people and saying, oh, yes, I received, I received three shots and, and I'm fine and I've never had an adverse reaction and I'm other than a sore arm and I'm 100% fine, people aren't even considering the fact that she's just flat out lying. That well, that, 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 that maybe, she, maybe she didn't even have a needle in her body. Your husband works in a children's cancer hospital, and he received a half a million dollar grant from Fauci. Oh, there you go. Yeah. 
So everybody can be bought. Not but no. Let me preface this: not everybody can be bought. I just don't believe that there's placebos when it comes to the business of the metals in the shots. I think, yeah, you, yeah. So yeah, as you, yeah, yeah, right. As you've heard they're, me, they're, they're, at, they're at, all poison. Right. Everything in it. If you, if they won't tell you what's in it, come on now. Yeah. Well, they can't. They can't tell you. I mean, I had a doctor again. He's he he has no business having a practice. The guy is out to lunch. He's lost his mind for a variety of reasons. But he uh, he flat out started to lecture me about it. And I looked at he. It was you know the first thing he asked me right when he busted in the door. And this was two years ago. That you know have have you had your COVID shot? I said absolutely not. And then of course he got immediately mad. And, yeah. and and there he was wearing a mask, and I said, "Why don't you tell me what it is?" And I was quizzing him. I mean, he had no idea that I knew more than he did. But he he went down the mRNA story, the the fairy tale. Well, it's oh, it's it's messenger R- it's yeah, it's messenger RNA, years. and it it goes into the cell and tells the cell to be extra strong. He was talking to me like I was three. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't believe what I was hearing, and I thought to yeah. myself, "You're a murderer." Yeah. Premeditated murder. That's exactly what it is. It is incumbent upon him to know what he's prescribing. And for a long time, every time I walk into a doctor's office with any sort of complaint, the first thing he does is pull out his prescription pad. I say, I accept the prescription. I say, thank you very much. And then I make a show of tearing it up in front of him telling him he is corrupt, he will never see me again. Because I know that drugs are poison, and you're poisoning people. There you go. And you can call me an anti-vaxxer all you want. I have received all my vaccines, every single one of them. I used to give them. I was... Uh, tested for TB numerous times with an active bacteria. You think I don't understand how the immune system works and how they trash it? You're insane. I had my best friend, a medical doctor, look at one of my home care patients when I was doing home care and say, Paul, you know all drugs are poison. I was floored. The very physician that when I was in in infection control and we would get the uh, culture and sensitivity back and they had had placed the patient on an an empiric course of top level, newest and best uh, shotgun of 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 an antibiotic regimen destroying their gut, the first line of defense. And I went to him and I said, okay, Dave, you've got the sensitivity now. Can you please step back and go with a first-gen product that it is sensitive to? He looked at me square in the face and he said, it's the, and, he, and he, I said, you don't want to develop a superbug here, please. He looked at me square in the face and he says, it's the drug companies that are tasked with coming up with better drugs. Leave it as it is. I'm leaving as it is. 
The hypocrisy is stunning. I, I'll tell you what. I want to do this with you too, and this is a first on the show. I have, Uh-oh. I had, yeah, I haven't asked this question, and I want to say, if memory serves, that it's possible that I brought it up once, but it was just in passing, and it's something that it, it's a major question that I've that I've had, and and I'll be frank with you that I have not seen anyone address this on any other show, and I could be wrong because, of course, I, I can't watch and listen to everything, but no. when, when you have, when, when we have all witnessed individuals take these shots, and I'm specifically talking about the, the COVID bioweapons here, yeah. how much in a syringe is there supposed to be as far as the liquid is concerned? Because I have witnessed in people taking these shots on TV, I have witnessed different amounts of liquid yeah. in the syringe with almost every single person that's received them. Yes. This is definitely an issue. This is definitely a way to hide and lie to the public. There is a standard... Okay. This is controlled by the FDA. Take it as you will. Um, There is um, a standardized amount of diluent that is injected into to dilute a standard amount of product. It is set in stone. All right? So when you see these varying amounts, you're witnessing a psyop. If it's a varying amount, are we watching negligence or are we watching an individual who is looking at a piece of paper that is in front of him and it says, give this amount? And if you can, well, yeah, answer that first if, if you can. All right. You, the injector right. must follow a standard procedure, which is why I question pharmacists and non-professionals doing this. Um, is it a lack of training? Definitely. Uh, does it rise to the level of tort law? Probably. Probably could be malpractice. But I would like to point out that in the malpractice arena, no attorney will take a case that is not profitable for them. So if they judge, and this applies particularly to the elderly in nursing homes, if they judge this person can no longer be, can no longer contribute to society, they know that no jury in the world will award them enough to cover their legal expenses, my services being one of them. And that is the cold, hard fact. So are we looking at a lack of training? Definitely. Are we looking at a level of ignorance? Definitely. Um, But it's apparently allowable is all I can say. People are uh, allowing it. What what are the measurements on the side of a syringe and how much of this, uh, of these COVID jabs, if you know, how much... With how much liquid is supposed to be in those syringes? 
Okay, let me let me uh, scan my memory banks and know that I don't have the recent the the papers right in front of me. So they're usually given in a two cc syringe with a twenty five gauge needle, um, or two and a half cc syringe, and uh, they're produced by BD. And so you would, if I recall correctly, the diluent is two cc's. I forget how much the source material is, but the issue is they use um, multi-dose vials. So unless you handle it properly, you have no idea how much is even in the syringe should you mix it properly and draw it up uh, without some sort of rotating, because it is, it, it, it is a a solid, after all, that has to be miscible. So, um, and it's got a lipoprotein shell, apparently. Lipids and water don't mix. So you have to make sure it's agitated properly and that there is the proper amount in the syringe. And that's where it would be hard to prove in any fashion. Did that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yep, because again, at visual, just at a visual standpoint, having watched numerous people receive shots on television, as we have all seen, in some yeah. of those instances, those syringes are filled to the brim, and in some yeah. of them, they are not. There's a very, what looks like a very small amount. Yes. Yes. That at, yes. Fa that at face value seems beyond suspicious to me. Beyond. Beyond your index of suspicion must be on point this time around. Yeah. You cannot trust it. Now, are you, now, now are you also saying that the syringes are preloaded? That that when when uh, a, when a patient receives these doses, they simply walk out with the juice already in the syringe because the syringe is being frozen someplace, or are they specifically always? sucking the juice out of the vial into the syringe. Okay. Yes, they preload them and label them, if you will note. That is, that is standard operating procedure. Okay. So anything could be in those syringes. You know, in 2015, the NIH and the CDC wrote, published a paper about chloroquine, how it, what an what a wonderful drug it was uh, with the original SARS, and uh, which was also created, as we know, um, and patented. People don't understand patents. Oh, my God. So, anyway, I um, said, yes. Oh, my goodness. You can use it orally. You can even inject it as a vaccine. Well, all I can say is, um, yes. The syringes are preloaded out of a 30cc multi-dose vial of which approximately 2cc's is drawn into a 2.5 gauge, I mean a 2.5cc um, syringe with a 25 gauge needle. It is administered into a muscle. If someone is obese, you have to use a much longer needle to get it into the muscle. You have to pull back on the plunger to make sure you're not in a blood vessel. 
Because if you inject something like this directly into a blood vessel, uh, you, that can cause great danger. And you, it, it depends on if you're stupid. You could even hit an artery. So I have hit arteries uh, accessing an intravenous catheter. It is not a pleasant experience. And I know how to, I have been uh, certified and qualified by the Board of Nursing in North Carolina to insert arterial lines for monitors and to intubate people without any supervision. So I, you know, I have acted legally to do these kinds of things, but I know what I'm talking about. And... You can lose a, a a limb that way. I can't go into it. You can you can kill somebody by doing it wrong, and that's why a person with minimal experience should never touch these things. As a matter of fact, in nursing, even licensed practical nurses have to take additional training to give injections and start well some injections and start IVs and deliver certain medications. And that's why everybody <clears throat> must understand their rights under the Constitution and be able to defend themselves against this current evil. Because we have a hedge of protection around us. We are told this. We have guardian angels that have the face of God at any time. We are, we are the chosen ones, okay? We are the remnant of, of Adam, the, of the true faith, not of the religious control mechanism. We hear the Holy Spirit. We listen to him. He comes to us when we, when we ask. God always answers prayers. Sometimes he says no. But I'll tell you something, Sean, of late, all of my prayers have been yes, and I am so grateful I can't stand it. Yeah, likewise. I become very overwhelmed when I think about, when I go back, you know, into my childhood and I think how I was wired. To just not yeah. trust and not not uh, not bend the knee to authority. I never did. I still don't, and that's kept me alive. Sweetheart, I was the same way, and people thought I was. They called me stuck up. Yep. Yeah. They, they, I, I would have people in my life in the past say, "Why don't you just deal with it? Why don't you just go along with it?" I mean, look, they're not yeah. trying. To, they're not trying to really hurt you. Why don't you just? you know, just work through it and just deal with it. And I thought to myself, you want me to deal with bad people? Yeah. You want me you to go me go along with them? It. No. You want me not to sense somebody's evil spirit and rebuke it? Are you kidding? Yeah. That is my duty. Resist the devil and he will flee. He lost 2,000 years ago. And, oh, I want to tell you something, Sean. There are SRA survivors speaking up. There is a woman on YouTube that has 
uploaded um, to YouTube now that things are a bit more reasonable. I won't say they're completely, but um, for this subject, they're allowed now. And <clears throat> her, her YouTube is the Imagination Podcast. Look it up. She does interviews with survivors that will curl your hair. The Imagination Podcast, and she's on um, Twitter as well. If there's anything that you want people to to keep an eye out for, please tell them. And uh, I hope that uh, you can call me a friend, and I can call you one as well, because you have a yeah. home, you have a home here. Anytime you want to come back on, you have my phone number, my email. <clears throat> you know, feel free and and uh, let the people here know. What they should what they should be on the lookout for. Okay, you have all my content for contact information as well. What to look out for? The current CDC director we dealt with here in North Carolina. There was a group of aforementioned patriots that forced her out of her position here. So, what to look forward to? This woman. Uh, has not had a valid medical license since 2012. She was founder of Doctors for Obama. She wore face, black face masks with Anthony Fauci's face screen printed on them. She is a vaccinista of the first order. She is a petty tyrant and a bureaucrat. She will lock us down again, guaranteed. I will stake my profession on it. So, well, I already have. So, all I can say is, do not comply. What she says is not law. Stand for your personal independence and rights. The Bill of Rights was written for a reason. My ancestors who were fought in the Revolutionary War are the ones who insisted that it be included in the Constitution. Use it. Use all of it. If you were to predict a time, and we can make a prediction here because I've, I've said it as well, but if you, were to, if you were to predict a time in which under the fake president of Joe Biden, that this new CDC director would make such a, uh, or suggest or, or highly, highly make such a move of a lockdown again. Is there a time when you would see that happening? She's already done it. The uh, new and improved boosters uh, and the flu shots will have the quadrivalent standard flu guess. This is all they do is guess what's going to be the prevalent influenza based on past experiences. They have no idea. RSV, which causes death, I think 43% death or something like that, is lethal and no reason to take it. And then the mRNA. All combined into one. She has already come out and stated that when this shot rolls out, she will be recommending it. So I think 
the time frame is September, October. Okay. The usual flu season. Of this beginning. year of this year or next? This. Of course with the world at war we might be living under some different structures by then. I don't know. I mean, we know the capacity of the brainwashed to receive, of course, at least two or three or more now COVID shots and then have trouble breathing and then say to themselves and have their doctor say to them, well, you need the RSV shot because that will that will cure what ails you. That's right. And then they will, and, like, and then they'll be dead. Like, like Michael Eden, Eden has always maintained, you cannot batch yourself out of a pandemic or epidemic. <laughs> right, right. You know? Yeah. Please. So, you know, I'm kind of tired of people cross-promoting shills. And um, that's why I trust you. We don't agree on a lot of things, but the things we agree on are the important ones. Well, thank you. Well, you know, I I see people that are on the same wavelengths uh, collecting now, and not a fan of Jung, but, you know, he's right. There are synchronicities, and um, there is a collective unconscious that flows through humanity. Um, the remote viewers pick up on it. But I keep pointing out, people say, oh, you've got to forgive X. I point out, I want you to understand this important biblical concept. Without repentance, forgiveness is not required. It is all through the scripture. Our sweet Jesus took after the money changers with a cat of nine tails with with bone embedded in them. The love of money is the root of all evil, and so we see these drug companies flourishing. We see their investors going ape. Yeah, it is um, a hit job, an economic hit job. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.